And there you go. Yay. Cool. Are we still re- are we still recording? We are still recording. <laughs> okay, so check this out. I go speak at this conference. I meet this guy who works for Microsoft. He's awesome. His name is Patrick Foley. He's really, really like one of the coolest people. And he loved my talk. And he invites me to come to Microsoft here in Chicago to meet with their North American president to see a preview of Windows 8 and the App Store. Right? That's great. So I was like, this is kind of interesting. And there's all this like weird security protocol to go to Microsoft, which is, you know, weird. But um, I get to tour their, like, I don't even know what it is, like an ideas lab or something or like fun stuff we made that no one else has, right? Like a, like a seriously like 16-foot touchscreen that I played Angry Birds on and all this stuff. So anyway, they had the Surface tables there. Have you seen these? No. Oh, I've seen the Surface table from ages ago. Is it the so same one? It's, it's sort of the same one, but now you can customize it. You can make it like the height of a coffee table, or you can make it like a um, like a desk or whatever. But they are selling them, I guess, in casinos in Japan are using them for uh, the poker game that was developed for the Surface Table, which you gotta see. And it's insane. It's like um, looks like a poker table, right? Um, it deals your cards. There's no human interaction except the players. And then somehow it knows the weights of your chips that you put on the table and their positions. It knows how much money you have based on that. And it even knows when you put your drink on the table. And you, like it, you put your drink on the table? <laughs> you can put your drink on the table. And it knows by the weight of what it is that it's a drink, that it's not like this huge stack of whatever and makes like a little like coaster ring around it like oh that's your drink right there it's so i crazy. mean it was like full on total recall kind of stuff it was pretty cool like they had computers there like beautiful desktop computers that I- i've never ever seen anyone could ever have like m- anything that i saw there that day like the design of it blew anything apple's ever made out of the water it was so gorgeously designed stuff. But I don't think you can buy it. That's the thing. Like <laughs> Microsoft needs to get their act together because if they have beautiful Samsung touchscreen, you know, 60-inch like touchscreen desktop computers that I could use, like I would buy it. I would buy it and own it. Did you happen to see <laughs> this, um, this tweet that uh, went out today? I don't know who it was that did this, but it was at minimallyminimal.com. It's somebody who had kind of kind of done this different take on what should be next for Microsoft. And it's basically like a, a redo of their current brand. They call it, I think they call it s- windows party. <laughs> no, I'm going to paste the link in, into uh, Skype. So look out for it. Um, there you are. Cause while we were talking, Francisco Dow writer of Pando daily linked me up one of his cool articles. So he's been on the show before and he, he does 50 Kings, right? See- I can't even tell you from looking at the, the at the at the title of this article that I felt the exact same way. And I was telling them too, like the director of marketing standing there, and I'm like, why don't you tell people that you make these beautiful products? I would totally buy this. I mean, yeah, I don't know what Microsoft's problem is, other than it's a huge behemoth of a company, right? Um, and they're slow. They're slow to develop. They're slow to design. But um, they could be huge if they got their act together. I feel they're man, like they're just seriously. Like a- 
I mean, I don't know. So this, what this one computer that I saw, which <laughs> I kind of laughed when the guy told me this because I also didn't know that this was possible. But I was like, can I go buy this computer? This is like, I would go, I would seriously go buy it and start being a Windows user. Like, this is so beautiful. And he was like, oh, yeah, you can get it at the Windows store. <laughs> I was like, what's, is that like three-day blinds? Like, what are you talking about? Windows I didn't know there was. Store? There's a window store at the mall here in Chicago. Yeah. That's like. <laughs> they have a window store. They have a window store. So anyway, yeah, this beautiful one that I saw that was, I think it was Samsung or maybe it was Sony. I'm not, it was one of those. Um, like imagine the new cinema display, right? Imagine it's as thin as, as a MacBook Air. It's uh, 40 inches and it's shaped like like a reverse like L shape. So the screen is tilted towards you and then is on this very thin rim that it leans back across. There's no wires. There's nothing. It's like all air behind it, right? It's sort of just on this little tilted holder, I guess you would call it. And you can tilt that back or forward as much as you like. As, but it's a, it's a beautiful screen. Like that your, is your computer. It's a desktop computer, right? It's not like a monitor. It's actually a computer. It's a touch screen. Works beautifully. And uh, can connect with your mouse and your keyboard. Is it the one on that link I sent you that's a little further down that says the lineup? Like after the girl in the orange. If you scroll just a little further, they call it science fiction introducing surface. I mean, this guy's making up, a, you know, okay. some fun brand stuff for Microsoft. Just or- no, it's not like that. No, it's like um, it's. Gosh, I wish I could show you what I'm drawing in the air. <laughs> it's like um, take your right hand and sort of like make your your thumb the horizontal surface, you know, perfectly straight across, and then your palm sort of tilts right. So your palm is the screen that can tilt back and forth at you. Right. And so where you can see like where what your, where your fingernails are facing, that's the screen. I see. Like it's this beautiful shape and it's like suspended almost it was just like this tension. Um, no, no trim or whatever. Like the cinema display has, there's no black trim and it's literally like thin, like half an inch thin. It's beautiful. Um, What's wrong with them? Why don't they make, they should do more of that stuff. I mean, I've always been bummed out about it. Why don't they tell people they make this stuff for God's sakes? I don't ever see any of this stuff at Costco. I see everything that looks like a, you know, a third generation iBook ripoff at Costco that weighs 18 pounds, you know? Yeah, I don't know what their problem is. I don't know if it's just they think that they don't have the market on beautiful designed Beautifully designed machines because that's what app that's what people buy apples. I don't really know, but um, I think Apple's got some problems too. They're not all you know perfect either. They've got some good tricks with their sleeve, and they've done some you know world changing design stuff. But I, I think they can you know they can take some good advice from people too because they that recent yeah. podcast oh. Apple's crap. And uh, the what was it the podcast app? Yeah, they have. It's called oh. Apple Podcasts. Okay. And, you know, I've mentioned this before the show, but uh, I host the industry radio show with with Drew Wilson, who's a a well-known designer for his work on Pictos and other apps that uh, you've probably heard of. And and on there, like Drew is the kind of guy that says, you know, if it if it looks like crap, I'm not using it. Like one time I suggested us. I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely the same way. He won't even use it. 
if it looks like crap. It, like I don't I, when I think of Microsoft computers, I think of like an old clunky Acer monitor yeah. and a big tall motherboard. Somebody else's products and Windows operating system. You know, that's yeah. Or Dell. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Or she has some customer support riffs you can go on with Dell, I'm sure. I <laughs> Yeah, luckily we don't we don't do a lot of support work any I at least I don't anymore for people that are like multi platform like that. It's usually people who are on iPhones or iPads. So, you know, we still have like they may as well be getting a Dell. The fact that they have an iPad is beyond me because they can't even like function using the iPad. But um, typically, we don't have to deal with like IE six type viewer support anymore. You know, I but we get like people all day long asking us um, how to reset their iPad password or what their Apple ID is. I get that from people a lot. What's my Apple ID? And I'm like, I don't know. You bought an app from me. <laughs> why, why are you asking me that? Why would I know this information? Why would I know that? Why would you even think that you could write email the developer of an app and ask him about your iPad? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. <sighs> anyway, do you have a Dell computer? Is that what you? Is that why you, men- why you mentioned that? You're big into Dells? No, whenever I did own a PC, I owned two different Dells. And I didn't learn my lesson. And I finally learned my lesson and went the Mac way in 2006. That was my first time. I'd, I mean, I've used a Mac before that, but that's when I actually bought uh, my own and haven't looked back to Windows <laughs> since then. And I've... You know, I've had, you know, similar frustrations with the Mac platform, too. It's not like they're perfect. Nobody's perfect. It's a computer, right? I mean, it's, it's not. It's a machine. Yeah. It's well, going to break. Sure. And But I, what Some I hate. Some people's perfect is better than others. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah that's, that's really <laughs> true. Well, I've had a better experience with Mac than without it. Like, just take, for example, let's just, you know, maybe use this as an example. I can go on my iPhone. I can open up the iTunes app. I'm at home. I have an Airport Extreme, and connected to that Airport Extreme is another computer that's running iTunes. So in a whole different room, I can plug my iPhone into a set of speakers and play the massive iTunes library that we've accumulated over years and years and years and years. Do you own that music, by the way? Yeah. It's like, it's like okay. It's my music. Like, it's music it's I've music. ripped from my CDs. Like, I got old Zeppelin on there. I've got Guns N' Roses. Yeah. You know, all this music that... You know, I'm 33, so I grew up with, uh, when I was in the 5th and 6th grade, it was uh, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction came out. Oh, my out, gosh. You know? So I'm a fan November of Rain. that. Yeah. Oh, I know. Right? That's November my music. Rain I like is, that stuff. November Rain has to be one of the most epic songs of our generation yeah. ever written. It's it's definitely one of them. I like Civil War as well from, from Guns N' Roses. That's my, one yeah. of my favorites. But, you know, I can, you can't do that kind of stuff, but like the networking piece and the compatibility from device to device. Like, I can go into uh, uh, what we call our media room. It's really just a makeshift bedroom with a TV in it. Uh, we call it our media room, but it's it's nice. Um, I can go in there with my iPad and, you know, mirror my display from my iPad onto the screen because I have, I have Apple I TV in there. It's pretty crazy. Apple TV is the best invention ever. AirPlay is that whole, oh, that whole concept AirPlay. of that. So check this out. My parents... Um, got iPhones like um, a year and a half ago. No, that's not even true. About a year ago, they got them in June of 2011. Um, 
and they were like full on like PC, PC, PC users. Like right. nothing else but PC. And their PC setup was redonkulous. So, um, but they were really good. They got really good at using their iPhones and they went to classes, right? Wow. <laughs> was so cute. They went to classes on their iPhones and they got really good at it. So this past Christmas, I decided I'm going to get them an Apple TV. And as part of their present, I'm going to teach them how to use it. I'm going to walk them through it. I'm going to, I gave it to my dad, I think like three or four days before Christmas. And so I, I, cause I was there in California and I was like, I'm going to, this is part of your gift. And, uh, both my parents were streaming photos and Pandora from their iPhones to Apple TV in less than 30 minutes. Really? Really. I'm not even kidding you. Like Apple TV is like, it's, Ah, I love it. I've been a fan of Apple TV since the day it was released when it was like that clunky little old box. Remember that thing? Yeah, that was, it was like, huge so, actually back in the so day. It was so huge and it would get so hot, but oh. And you had to yeah. like, the way you could only get media to it was by synchronizing it with your iTunes library. You so it was a hard drive. Uh, and you had to, in the first time that you used it out of the box, this is like, <laughs> we're totally talking about walking uphill in snow right now. Well, we had to shake all of our data to our Yeah, TV. exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but it was like, it took like 18 hours to move all of your stuff over the first time. So you couldn't even use it out of the box. You just sat there watching it connect. Yeah. I, oh, my gosh. And then I remember when the, the new Apple TV came out then, and it was like the little tiny square, and it was it was just streaming. It was such a bizarre adjustment because... You had to have your computer open, like yeah. <laughs> you had to have your computer open to use it. So you had to go open your computer, open iTunes, make sure iChat's closed or whatever else. So you're not bothered with it just to watch a TV show. But I don't know. I think they've perfected it. I think what will be perfect is the Apple, like the real Apple TV, like the Apple television. Yeah, I'm waiting for that too. I think it's good. Well, you see Samsung. I mean, this is a whole, you know. This is right on the hot topic for me and Heather because we just um, we just looked at getting a new TV and we we ended up getting one only because we we had a a big old um, uh, what do you call it a gift card because some of the furniture we had gotten so we had this you know gift card to get it for a lot less but anyways we ended up making the decision but as soon as we made the decision to get it I was thinking to myself you know this is the Apple way they're going to come out with the Apple TV yeah. and like eight months and i'm gonna be pissed yeah. i even bought this tv because samsung might be doing it well but i know apple will kill it because of- I miss it. yeah i'm the same way like i actually don't like i have a i have a, a samsung smart tv i have a sony bravia that i got maybe three years ago i just got the samsung smart tv i'm really not a fan of it compared to the apple tv interface or whatever so i i'm i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait for it <laughs> Like, I'd love to have, like, a new 60-inch TV, but I'm going to wait. Even if it's, like, two, three years, I'm going to wait for it. I'm going to totally just stick it out. Yeah, that would be that would be nice to wait for it. I just, you know, I just, uh, I, I've stopped waiting on Apple products. I've been waiting for the iPhone 5 for a while now. I'm an iPhone 4 user, but my wife, she's got an iPhone 3GS. And it sucks. And every time I, yeah. you know, I see her using it, I feel bad because I've got at least the Retina display. I don't have, you know, the latest with Siri. You don't have four. You don't have four S. No, I didn't. No, that was. No. I wouldn't have upgraded from the four to the four S. It just didn't make any sense. What am I going to gain, Siri? Well, well, yeah, you gained Siri. I upgraded because I switched to Verizon, and so um, 
Which, by the way, anybody who doesn't know this already, just sell your phone, sell your old phone on Amazon and use the cash and go buy a new phone if you want to upgrade. Like, I, every single time I do that, people are astonished that I can do that. But I sell all of my old iPhones in less than, like, an hour and get, like, usually $300 or more for them. So I did that, switched to Verizon. AT&T, their network is so horrible, especially in Chicago. Like, you couldn't, I couldn't even call 911 if I needed to in Chicago on AT&T's. But Verizon has been um, pretty amazing, I think. So I like Siri. I got a new car that use that integrates with Siri, um, like through Bluetooth. Like instead of having OnStar, like you have Siri, except she doesn't understand half of what you're saying. Really? Um, yeah, <laughs> but she she navigated me successfully to PF Chang's once. So you know that's kind of fun. I, th- I I would like to see Apple do more stuff in car interfaces, like have like a, a beautiful navigation system because every single navigation system sucks in every car. And I think that that the whole OnStar technology is so ridiculous that it's like you can only get it in GM vehicles <laughs> and it's a sus- subscription. I think they should just build a Siri that will do it for you in a car. Yeah, I think they're – you know, speaking of cars and Siri and Apple, uh, I, I cannot wait till there's like an Apple iDevice in a car. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like in a car. It's 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 the technology. Well, I mean, you go and you get like we're uh, we're looking at potentially getting uh, like a, a Ford Edge, right? It's a nice vehicle. Yeah. It's got some decent bells and whistles and stuff, and it's got that you know Microsoft Sync, which to me, you know, but don't you have to have a Microsoft computer? No, no, actually, it's just like. It's just a is Microsoft that, thing just, in there. It's, is that just their version of yeah. Bluetooth? Yeah, it, it, well, it's, it does all sorts of stuff. It syncs to – you don't have to have Microsoft anything. It just – it works with your phone, Apple phone, everything, which is neat. I mean, it's compatible, but you know, I, the point I'm trying to make there is that I was not excited about it being Microsoft anything. Microsoft, I But know. had it been Apple, I'd have been like, we've got to buy this car today. You Ford know. Edge is really nice too. I like the Ford Edge yeah, quite a bit. It's nice. I have a. I just bought a um, new uh, Nissan Rogue. Oh yeah. And it's gorgeous. I got it with um, black leather with red stitching because I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. Oh yes, Chicago. And Chicago and uh, doesn't have a key, which is kind of weird. Hmm. I always I'm always trying to see. If people well, does it have a key or just a, just a key fob? <laughs> It has like the little fob that you just keep in your and pocket. And you push the button, right? You push the start yeah. button. Yeah, that's how but the Ford Edge is too. It's got the drive like entry the little, package. Like the, like the unlock button on your on your handle. Like you touch, you tap the handle. Yeah, and it, it just opens up because you come near it, right? I love technology. Yeah, that's yeah. that's so awesome. Did you? I'm waiting for the day where it knows I'm walking up to it and just opens the door for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of loving technology and Ford and, and whatever, to because it does the same it's like the same scenario with the car you just mentioned your car they actually built an iphone app that um is an application that lives on your iphone and when your iphone gets close enough to your macbook so that's like if you're in close proximity and you're on the machine it unlocks twitter facebook and a couple other social networks as a demonstration of the key fob being near the car and opening up pretty neat Uh right yeah, so it's like a password manager, but the way it manages is that I saw on Shark Tank that show Shark Tank that they were that they were developing a um a deadbolt for your door that does that. That would be that awesome. 
that you actually load up your iPhone app and then you just type in your iPhone app thing. So if you're, if you're within like, I think it's like five or 10 feet, like you have to be close, but then you could also program, um, you can program keys for other people. Like they just have this, they would yeah, come over there, calibrate it, however they would do it. But like, let's say you have a cleaning person there. It only works for them between three and 4 PM or a house sitter or something like that. Right. It's pretty crazy. The only thing about that that scares me, though, is that what if your iPhone is not on? Because it can't be. It's dead. Oh, it has a fail-safe. Oh. That is, you, I think it was a fail-safe um, actual keypad. Like, my little fob on my car has a tiny, tiny eyeglass screw that I can unscrew it, and there's, like, a fake temporary key that I can use. Hmm. In case of whatever. I don't really even know. I'd have to like Jimmy open a little panel in the car, but it actually is like an ignition key, you know, just in case. So I think people think about stuff like that when they're developing things. I think they think, you know, what if it fails? What if technology fails? But, you know, I don't know. I like, I really would just want to get to the point in my life where all I do is clap my hands and depending on the clap, the rhythm that I clap, different things happen. Uh, I don't want to just the lights to turn on and off. I want doors to open and the air conditioner to go on and, you know, the lamp to go off at the same time and the cat to be fed. So you're a, a TV buff and I have a, I'm going to ask you one more question and we'll, we'll close off Founders Talk after dark or after Founders Talk, whichever you want to call it. But since you're a, a, a TV BFF, <laughs> co-host um have you ever heard of this older show might have been 90s maybe 80s called connections sounds pretty familiar it's like a tv series slash documentary and it it basically just Was it on pbs you know i don't know where it's actually from i only heard of it through somebody and then i rented it from netflix and it's like a TV show. Let's see if I can. I'm doing some Googling. Keep. I am, I am as well. Connections TV show online. Um, I do know for sure. Yeah, it's at Wikipedia. Let's see if this is it. Yeah, it is. BBC. It says BBC. Oh, it was made in Canada. Canada. Um, <laughs> Canada. And it looks like they made a sequel called Reconnections. This is actually a really good one. And the first um, pilot episode they did was about being in New York or a big city like Chicago or even Houston and how technology fails and how it traps us. So everything from being stuck in an elevator to being on the subway and the subway doesn't work anymore and how we live in a world of constant traps because of the technology we surround ourselves with. So, for example, think about the, you know, being locked out. So they had a fail safe in that case, but, you know, before they had that fail safe, they had to have somebody at least get locked out because the phone didn't work anymore, right? You got to iterate on that product. Sure. But so because you're a TV buff, I thought I'd mention this to you so you can go check it out. Pilot number one, episode number one is phenomenal. And you'll watch everyone after that. It's it's all about, um, you know, getting trapped inside of technology. And it's just, it's amazing. And it's, yeah, I guess it's 1978. So the guy in his outfits will definitely make you laugh. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even alive then. Uh, yeah, episode yeah episode number one, I believe, is, is what it is. Oh, my, I have a movie on my Netflix queue right now that is apparently like behind the scenes at building Monopoly. And that is sort of like that scram- Scrabble documentary where they go to the World, Seri- World Championships of Monopoly. Um, and it's like the history of the game and everything. So that's on Netflix, too, if you guys are into board games. Yeah. 
Yes. Anyway, it's it's cool. this is a really cool show. The talks even even more. Yeah, so that I'm first show is a good one, but there's other ones that are pretty good too. But you have to be you know somebody who really enjoys documentary like shows like this. But it's it's like TV show style documentary basically. Yes, yeah. So Sarah, yeah, it's been cool. fun doing the the after founders talk. We'll we'll say goodbye to everybody else real quick, and then we'll. Uh, We'll actually disconnect, and it, that'll be okay. that'll be it. It's like a sad moment, kind I of. I know, right? Well, maybe it's I over. should have you on my television podcast so we can keep talking. Yeah, you have to tell me some shows to to watch so I can come with there fully knowledgeable. Because I listened <laughs> to a, a couple segments of your show, and I was like, yeah, I don't listen to or to watch all those shows. So, yeah, I probably would be a boring guest. Well, you know, whatever. I might be a boring guest on your show well, too. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I mean, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. A lot of people listen to this show. They like it a lot, so we'll see. Okay. All right, Sarah. Let's say goodbye then. Well, thanks so much, Adam. Goodbye, everybody else. Bye, everybody.